Welcome to Shift with CJ. I'm your host CJ and together we will explore the areas of health, human performance, biohacking, psychology and much more that will inspire you to become the best version of yourself. Hello and welcome everyone to today's podcast. Now, let's get one thing straight. In today's world, everyone is busy. There are never-ending tasks, so many emails, Zoom calls, and in the middle of all of this craziness, there are so many personal trainers that ask their clients to cut calories, and these calories might be coming from a bunch of salad that they're eating, or worse off, jump on a treadmill and run another mile. The reason why most people don't reach their health and fitness goals, even after hiring a few personal trainers, is because people aren't looking at the holistic side of health and real life situations and incorporating it in their health programs. And you know how far I can go to look for true answers in health and wellness. Well, this time I had to go to another continent and I reached out to someone in New Zealand. My guest on the show today works with peak performers and guides them in his holistic health approach where his goal is just not to improve the aesthetics but their health as well. He has worked with leading experts in exercise science, nutrition, biochemistry, coaching, people like Brian Walsh, the Polican Group, and so many more. I got him on the show today because his goals is very similar to what we have on Shift with CJ. My guest on the show today wants to help busy professionals on their pursuit of growth and improvement and make sure they don't leave their body and energy behind. Hollywood, welcome to the show. Uh, cheers, uh, CJ. That was a great intro. Glad to be on. Thank you. I'm glad to have you on the show today. So, Ollie, everyone's got a backstory. Tell me yours. How did you get into this whole fitness, health, nutrition, biochemistry realm? Yeah, um, for me, it was very much stepping stone to stone. And I think as you uh, brought up in today's intro is really getting an idea of uh, too many specialists are looking at one narrow field of optimizing exercise, right? Or optimizing uh, one small component of the bigger picture. Uh, and for me, it was very much me tripping along those steps to find out how I was going to build that bigger component of health. And when we start to see that body is inextricably linked from mind, from stress, from sleep, uh, we need to ultimately find out what's going to be that lever for you. So for me, I started off as a personal trainer in gym. Uh, I dove really, really deep into the exercise space, and I was very much optimizing movement no matter who walked in the door, right? But as we started to work with higher and higher level clients, and we were starting to see a lot of corporate execs and CEOs coming in that were walking through the door with just that much stress, that much inflammation that didn't matter how much perf how perfect that progression was, there was a certain amount of uh, other components that we weren't addressing, right? And it didn't matter how hard they trained. Uh, in some ways, it was actually detrimental to their progress because we weren't taking in the bigger picture. So knowing I was spending so much time diving into exercise and knowing that it wasn't working, <laughs> it really allowed me to go into a whole nother realm of understanding nutrition, right? Starting with 100% uh, training and then diving in doing 80% you know, training, 20% nutrition, and then starting to talk about lifestyle design and it taking over more and more of the workout or the session together and really knowing what was going to help my clients move forward the most just allowed me to uncover that you know the more you learn the more you really don't you don't know right you really start to understand how how big that field gets uh, and just working with amazing experts in those fields to understand how i could really bring that together 
Now, as we moved into the online space, obviously we were starting to really look at the full picture rather than just one hour a day uh, being in the gym. So taking the time to work with experts and bring people into my world because I couldn't know everything, right? We were looking into gut health. We were looking into blood work. We were looking into sleep, breathing, whatever it needed to be addressed for that individual to really make sure there was an energy and recovery base really allowed us to look at that bigger component of health because it wasn't just going to be optimizing training. Uh, the people we work with, if you're busy, you're, you're in that space of projects, deadlines, and family. Uh, we need to be addressing the bigger picture so you actually get the results out of the effort you're putting in. Amazing, man. Love that. And with that sort of knowledge and experience, you could have gone to so many areas. You could have gone to professional sports team, celebrity, or even like the average Joe. Why did you specifically decide to go for a busy professional? Is it because those are the ones who you were exposed to first that were coming in with so much stress? Or was there some other reason behind it? Yeah, really good question. For me, I started off in the professional uh, sports space, um, you know, not necessarily national level, but very much getting into a high level rowing, diving into all these spaces of, and I, you know, in that space, I, I think there's still a massive gap between training really hard and the nutrition component too. But very much from the people I, working, I was working with, I was personal training alongside working in a startup, working in some sort of other spaces there where I was very much in that corporate or professional setting. Uh, and I was living it, right? I was going through, I was training really well, I was nailing my nutrition and nothing was changing, right? I wasn't taking into account those stresses. I wasn't taking into account the deeper picture. And that just allowed me to know who I was working with and how I can communicate that effectively because I was living in that world. And I think for me, it was just making sure I was resonating with the people I was working with, knowing that it didn't matter how hard I worked, it worked and I had everything perfect from that progression if I wasn't looking at the full day. So it was very much just what was being lived. Okay, that's that's nice. Most of the time I find out that all of the people who are sort of getting into a space to change it, they're mostly living in that space and they they're just like with no answers. They're like, okay, like yourself, you were living in the space and you're like, okay, there's something wrong and there's no one here to change it. So let me take a step and change it. So kudos to you on that, man. So yeah, you talk like about nutrition. To- yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah, going from that, that space of personal training, you know, you're optimizing every part of your day, your training goes great, you can eat in between clients because you've set up your day the way you want it, right? But when you start mm. going into a startup space or into a corporate space, and now you've got all of these other aspects to take into account, you know, your body doesn't respond like you're in uni or when you're at high school, right? Mm-hmm. And taking the time to make those changes, you realize there's a lot more uh, at play, right? So I think there's a lot of uh, personal trainers that are hammering on about training harder when they're not taking into account that bigger picture. And that's you know, how we started today's call. I think hopefully today's conversation just allows us to look at those other components you can take into account. Hmm. So you speak about nutrition, you know, and exercise. So if I'm a person of Indian origin living in Dubai and talking to a person in New Zealand, what's the best diet for me? <laughs> Do you yeah. get questions like that a lot? So what's your take on like diets and like, is it more, um, you know, what's, I want to get your idea around like, how do you look at nutrition as a whole? Yeah. Um, so I think a big part of nutrition is most people know what good food looks like and what bad food looks like. Uh, initially, right? And then that goal starts to get really, really blurred when we start to bring in health ticks and and uh, this food's got more folate or fiber in it. And, and the marketing space for that have really catched on is this being a healthy food. And now we've got uh, diet sodas and we've got uh, gluten-free foods. And 
and what's really healthy because we're getting really blurred from what real food is. And I think ultimately using that as a platform, as a base, uh, I need to learn from you to really optimize what that looks like from a fueled day and making sure that we've got that structure in place. But most people just need to come back to the reality of what real food looks like, right? Do we have a whole food base? What do we feel like on those foods? If we're noticing that we're bloated, tired, gassy, puffy in the face, we're not sleeping well, our breathing's off. What are the foods that we can identify and ultimately make an adjustment in what we eat on a day-to-day -day basis? So we're starting with quality over just look going straight to quantity, right? And when you talked about calories, we're looking at um, kilojoules seems to be massive over in Australia now, is taking the time to get away from this energy counting because we know our salad is different to our cake. We know it makes us feel different. But if we can try integrate both of those into our day so we can still enjoy the food we eat, but ultimately we're bringing it back to the foods that make us feel best, it's really a, a shift from starve to fuel, right? And if we can fuel change, we're in a position that we feel sharper, we feel better, we feel more energetic. And ultimately the whole goal of feeling good uh, and looking good should be one, right? It's never just mm -hmm. fat loss. It's never just muscle building. It's looking at how we can really fuel that day. So if there was one initial change I'd look at is we're counting colors, not calories, right? If we can make that initial change, add in a little bit more nutrients to that space, now we can start to build on that. We can look at fancy things like timing and um, certain adjustments of where our, our fats and carbs are in the day or whatever comes in. But people was trying to be, uh, you know, put the icing on the cake before they built that platform. And I think we need to start with that foundation there because the more uh, foreign that starts to look through all the foods and preservatives and things that are added into foods that are healthy, right? I think that's that's what's really blurring the lines. Mm -hmm. I, I like that idea. And I'm also, I like this thought process that we both share that cutting calories isn't just going to help uh, increase your health span. Although I, I might... Um, argue for a bit that you know sometimes strategically cutting your calories or calorie restriction can be one of the most powerful ways to sort of increase your lifespan and longevity and that's a whole other area but mo for most people and what i see normally a lot of personal trainers do is like a person's eating salad all day and they'll be like oh cut down on your salad because you might be eating some more calories or just jump on a treadmill or you know exercise for like 30 minutes more and in a real world scenario, that doesn't really work because the person is already tired. They're cutting, they're so hormonally depleted. Their endocrine levels are trashing. So yeah, that whole calorie counting approach, I'm not too big of a fan of. While looking at your work, I found something else which I haven't seen before. And, you know, that was something known as the health anchor. Now, I've come across the word anchor in many situations when there's, you know, a person that is getting ready for a competition. People can associate a certain kind of movement or, you know, crunching their hand or some something with an anchor that drives them through hard times. But tell me about this idea of health anchor. Did you coin this term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the big one for us is we're looking at all these components that you just mentioned, right? We're looking at hormones, we're looking at gut health, we're looking at inflammation. Which one of those are holding you back? And what are those ultimately those bigger levers to change? Because if we're running off or fumes, right, we don't have enough fuel to actually go through the day, there's no point suppressing that down further. And we've got, I'd say 50% of our clients are actually eating more than what they're eating before, because they're starting to eat the right things, right? So starting to integrate that awareness of how do we build that body up and start to look at our stress, our sleep, our gut health, our, um, our liver function, our, uh, how much we're training either too much or too little, right? And really managing how that body's working ultimately for us starts to be condensed down to, into three main stresses, right? So we're looking at psychological stress, right? What's happening from a mental chatter standpoint? Are we having some, some arguments at home? Are we 
even just how we're with a state we're in around when we eat. If we're stressed out and we're trying to eat some food, that's going to be completely different. If we're calm, we're actually conscious to how we eat, right? So looking at that psychological component is our first stressor. Second one will be the physical, right? Like I said, can we find our sweet spot of exercise? If we're stressed out all week, we haven't eaten enough, we're underslept, and we go at smash a big leg day, that's actually going to be counterproductive to us moving forward, right? Whereas if we're not exercising enough, clearly some sort of movement is going to be helpful, but where do we start, right? So we're trying to find that sweet spot, sweet spot with physical stress, right? And then the last one is going to be that digestive stress, right? Taking into account, like we talked through, what foods are inflammatory, what foods are making us feel less than our best, and how can we shift this conversation to more more quality and less of the quantity game, literally to start, right? Thermodynamics is certainly going to play a role, but taking the time to build a platform first has to be the start of that conversation. If you're feeling sluggish, you're feeling run down, your body's just not working like it used to, those three stresses is where we start. And we, yeah, health anchors as an overall term. Yeah, it's it's a quite a good term. I might have to steal it from you and use it on some other podcast. So thank you for sharing that. And you also have a quiz on your website. Now, I took, uh, for those of you who would know, I'm super curious. So I went and I took that quiz and my result yeah. was something around male energy and gut upgrade. But mm -hmm. so for anyone who's listening, Oli has his website and on his website, he has this uh, quiz that you can take, which is approximately, I think it took me less than five minutes. It's about 12 questions or so. And um, at the end, you, Oli walks you through your result and he gives you some tips on a video. That was pretty smart. I really appreciate that. Makes people's life easy. Thanks, Oli. And there was something in the video that you said that still struck on me. He said, uh, said something like, fitness advice uh, you know uh, people are confused between a lot of fitness advice and health advice and i think that's that's pretty interesting to talk about because a lot of the times we will have a lot of people who are in uh, sports performance and athletic groups and most of the people will be understanding what michael jordan or some other superstar is doing and try to incorporate that into their life and nine times out of 10, most of them either burn out or fail because they don't have the recovery capacity or something else. But like, I want to get your take on this. So how is fitness advice different from a health advice? Yeah, well, where you're going is definitely uh, accurate in regards, you can't go from driving a desk to a professional athlete overnight. No, there's levels to go through. So what's relevant and what's important for you to start with is going to be very different to level 10. But ultimately, the big conversation between that, that gap between health and, and fitness is taking into account like what is ultimately good for you. Because if we're going just down the fitness route, you know the kind of sports where we get to, it's no longer healthy, right? If we start getting below 6% body fat, right? It's no longer healthy. If we start to get ready for an Ironman, there's a point where that level of distance is no longer healthy, right? Like it's purely performance. Whereas on the health space, we can start to look in from a medical field, there's very, very general ranges, right? We're, we're alive, but we're certainly not optimal, right? And if we're functioning off uh, taking a pill for this and a pill for that, and we're just trying to get through uh, with normal levels, well, normal's not very easy, right? Normal is broke, overweight, and not particularly happy, right? So taking the time to go through that space of how do we find optimal again is trying to find that balance of what's going to look good for you. We want to be fit, we want to be healthy, but ultimately how do we find optimal for you is going to require a little bit more personal touch. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's very important for everyone who's listening to understand that you know, biochemical individuality or like how different you are from your neighbor to your parents to, you know, your best friend does matter. 
it matters in health it matters in the foods you eat and it matters on how much really how much recovery time you have and how much stress you have all the things that Oli mentioned earlier now when we look at men most of the men would sacrifice their health for a good time and by good time i mean like you know going to the bar having a few drinks especially a couple of beers and everyone's heard that you know alcohol might not be the best thing but what people don't know is that alcohol is one of the leading causes that can slow people down it can age people faster um you know it could have so much of uh, metabolic dysregulations so i'm sure in your practice you see a lot of people who come i mean do you see a lot of people who have this problem of like you know okay hey all you want to get in shape but i can't stop my beer so what do you tell a person like that yeah um so one of the biggest things that i think is a huge part of coaching that is missed in a lot of certifications for example right there's some incredibly uh, bright people out there that know all of the biochemicals all of the things <laughs> but being able to actually coach someone either in person or even more importantly over zoom is a whole nother skill set right and it comes down to how am i going to get this person to buy in to this change they've told me they want it but doing it is an entirely different space so taking that approach of this is bad you shouldn't do it we know that doesn't work right everyone knows that it's bad they do it anyway right so that's not really the approach we take. I think ultimately it's a case of nobody comes into our program without going through a process of can we help you? Are you a good fit? Are you coachable? Are you in a space that you're ultimately ready to change? Because it doesn't matter how much you pay me, that's the easy part. You actually changing those habits in your day, you being aware of the 99% that you're not consciously changing needs to start to become more of that conversation. And when things get uncomfortable, when people start to uh get into a space of change there's stress in that in itself and they need to be in a position that they are comfortable asking for help so we have a very strategic setup in regards to how we make sure we can help our clients in the best way forward before they've even started the program right priming that change and ultimately being in a space that we know what are the simple tweaks we can make to make this whole process easier right there's no point starting with the five workouts a week and and you need to count the calories if we haven't even taken into account chewing your damn food and sitting down right taking the time to look at that space of what are the key drivers key linchpins that are getting in the way of you actually making those changes so we can break it down into small steps and you know the, the classic analogy here is trying to uh, you know, you're not going to just give give the person garlic, right? They're not going to eat it. But if we can wrap that garlic in ham, right? This is the dog analogy, by the way. Taking the time, you're not going to just give the garlic to the to the dog. You want to make sure you're wrapping it in the ham and you're giving it something they're actually going to eat. And it's the same as humans, right? There's all these things that we say we want, but what we need is ultimately going to be very different sometimes. So taking the time to identify that approach of being a coach that allows us to. Uh, go through a process of ultimately finding out what their why is, what really motivates them, what is uh, the minimum effective dose that's going to allow them to move forward, and what ultimately is going to fit into their life. Because we can obsess about the perfect program, the perfect workout, but if it doesn't fit into their lifestyle, then it's completely useless. So I think that's the bigger part of the conversation is how do we look at this in regards to integrating it into your life? Because I can't give you a 25th hour of the day, but I can help you prioritize. I can help you block out time in your day like you do meetings, work, and whatever else is important in your day. Because if you're not putting them on the same scale, that ultimately is the biggest conversation we need to have. Because uh, it doesn't matter if you're a real estate agent, you're a CEO or whatever in between, um, you all think you're really important, you all think you're really busy, but ultimately there's someone out there busier that's got the, they've got a stronger skill set which allows them to fit them back in their day. And you can be as busy as you like, you can tell me all the stories around what, why you can't fit you in, 
that ultimately it really comes down to how we're going to prioritize your health. And that sounds really, really simple, but ultimately and we need to start with a value and self-love of you putting you back in your day as well as you thinking your work is important. Until that becomes as important, you're always going to struggle with your health. Mm -hmm. But do you have any like techniques or hacks or some like some boots on the street, like some practical um, things that you might want to tell like someone who's an not maybe not an alcoholic, but like uh, someone who goes to the bar quite a lot, maybe uh, some tips like that? So directly on alcohol, the biggest thing is yeah. what are we really doing that for? Because so social connection we know is important. Like do not remove that, right? If you're mm -hmm. the guy eating your chicken, chicken and broccoli in the corner and isolating yourself, good luck trying to keep your health on track, right? But taking the time to integrate health into your day in ways that aren't sabotaging towards your 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 bigger social connection and what you enjoy in life, that's going to be a conversation that we need to have around those small tweaks we need to make because there's a big difference between having a beer with friends and having a box, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Taking the time to know where your threshold is, what your non-negotiable is to make sure that this is our, our threshold, right? So whether it's why I went down the tangent of how do we fit you back in your day, it's just as important if we're looking at your morning routine and what are the ultimately the one step, one or two steps that set up your day in the morning or is it ultimately the non-negotiable as to how far do we go where we know that we're still waking up tomorrow fresh and where's the point where we know we're waking up sluggish? And knowing that is, is two different things. But finding, uh, you know, a lot of clients, I think, in, in that space of um, uh, they're, they're professionals, they're working in a corporate environment, they're running their own business, they tend to be really all or nothing around their health, right? And if they use that same approach in business, they wouldn't get very far. So taking the time to align the two skills together I think really is a case of looking at this quality over quantity, finding what are the initial levers that they need to integrate because you can't do it all at once, right? You need mm -hmm. to learn the skill of this thing before you can learn the skill of this. And it's just breaking it down into what's going to fit to your day. Uh, if you're having uh, two bottles of wine every single night for the week, then I'm not going to go, let's just cut it out entirely unless you know that's kind of you. But that in itself comes with its own stress is kind of what I'm trying to say, all right? So there needs to be a replacement of that comfort in some form, whether it's video games, whether it's the alcohol, whatever it is, there's a way that you currently unwind or there's a way that you currently get energized in the morning. Now, we could look at coffee, we could look at alcohol, we look at over-exercising, we could look at overworking. But all of these are ways that we cope through our day and we ultimately need to look at the space of what are the replacements that can be more productive to our day, all right? So if it's just a, we're moving from a beer to a, to a red wine or we're moving from a, um, our third coffee to a quick walk around the block, whatever it is to just focus on the habit or the comfort that we're, we're seeking rather than necessarily the external means to which we do it short, you know, in that short space, it needs to be taken one step at a time rather than everything together, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. And you touched on something really interesting there is that if you have to replace your habits then you have to do you have to replace it with something else that kind of like either gives you energy or puts you into that same zone so i like that i like that because it's very practical like you mentioned about the coffee part if coffee just gives you energy just take a walk or maybe take a cold shower or yeah. you know do something else that's energizing and beer is a problem look at something which is like probably less harmful maybe a red wine with all of those antioxidants and then over time, you sort of like replace that. Brilliant. Now, the other half of the overachievers that I've always dealt with would trade off their sleep for just a project or some other work. Now, talk to us about sleep. Why is it important? And do you have any personal hacks like 
that you would tell your clients are on to get better sleep or in preparation for sleep? Yeah, well, there's two conversations to be had here because one, it's in the short term. What's the priority, right? As we talked about before, are we uh, in the middle of a six-week plan that needs to get done, done by this date and we're two, two men short? Well, maybe you're prioritizing your work over your sleep, right? But you need to be very clear that that's a six-week thing. That's not a forever thing, right? Because telling me that you can function on five or six hours of sleep, you're only kidding yourself, right? Taking that time to really build that up, it will eventually catch up to you. And we work with those clients a lot. <laughs> so taking the time to make that change is really looking at uh, ultimately those priority blocks uh, in your year will change, right? Will it be family? Will it be work? Will it be your health? And which one is ultimately going to be your highest driver? But you need to be clear on what that is and in what time frame. Because what we tend to see is, oh, yeah, we're waiting to hire this next person. Oh, yeah, it's just this one project. And we talk to them six months later and it's still the exact same. So you just need to be very, very clear on those priority shifts and ultimately making sure that you are being a priority at some point in your year because things start to get pretty rough pretty quick. And taking the time to build that back up, back up will take longer. A quote we use all the time is if you don't make time for your wellness, you'll be making time for your illness. And those are those exact people in a project space that it just merges project to project and they never fit them back into your day. That's not going to happen with six months of hard yakker and then a one week holiday. It needs to be an integration back into your everyday life, not just when you're in Vanuatu. Right. So taking that space uh, or the Maldives, whatever's closest to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> But with that, so that, that has to be the first part of the equation, right? How are we fitting us back in the day? Because we can't sleep harder. We can do all these fancy things, but ultimately sleep is a lovely uh, balancing act because it's not necessarily something that you can do a ton to get deep quality natural sleep if you're not taking into account prioritizing you first. Because the biggest things that are going to improve sleep are going to be the things that happen just before you go to sleep and the things that you do when you wake up for the following night, all right? So the first thing I'm looking at there is a light exposure, right? Are we getting natural lights in the morning? Are we waking up through natural means? Are we getting some sort of vibrant sun blue light in the morning to wake up? And are we aware of those same factors at night that are keeping us awake through our, our artificial lights, right? 90% of the day for most of us is spent on artificial lights, right? Both of us will get our fancy lights shining at us and we're telling our, our brain to stay awake, right? And that's where everyone's in this constant tired but wide feeling. Their brain's still going a million miles an hour, but their body's fatigued and they don't stop. So taking the time to unwind and keep that space away from uh, from dinner to, to bedtime is going to be a really, really crucial part of that day. So just getting an idea of, like we talked about with alcohol, what are the replacements we can make? Because if it is the wine, if it is the TV, if it's whatever that's unhelpful to our productivity the next day, unhelpful to our quality of sleep, we need to get an idea of what are some simple adjustments we can make. If it's trying to relax at the end of a big day, you blobbing out in front of the couch is wasting two hours of time. You get back up, you're just as stressed, just as tired, and now you drag yourself to bed. If you took even one of those hours of that time to write down a couple of your things, have a brain dump for the next day, what are the things I need to get out of my head for the following day? Can I do a quick stretch or a little bit of movement? So I'm getting some blood flow. I'm getting some joints through some range. Could I do a meditation? Could I go for a quick walk? Could I simply spend time with the family? Right. I'm always taking the time to look at those simple replacements I can do at the end of the day to make tomorrow better. Mm -hmm. Amazing. That's good. Um, and also, I completely agree with whatever you said. Light can be one of the most underlooked factors when it comes to health and wellness, and especially around sleep because... Most of the people, at least in my part of the world, are around that latter part that you mentioned. They're always sitting in front of the couch. They're watching TV. They're going to cinemas. They always have their phones around. No yeah. one is aware of 
the harmful effects of blue light in the off hours in the evening on how blue light causes all this retinal damage. It can just misplace our body clocks and make it feel like, you know, it's time to be up when it's not time to be up and to disengage from that can be a big deal. And of course, you can have blue light blocking glasses and, you know, you can shut off the TV, but really it comes with the intention, like you have to intentionally know. And sometimes knowing all of these things can be complex because, of course, chronobiology and circadian biology is a field of itself. And there are so many other things. But yeah, talking to a professional, if anyone's who's listening, who has understood all of those things, like Oli mentioned before, all of those biochemical pathways. Now we're talking at photoreceptive pathways, so many different things. But chances are you wouldn't know of them. So might as well talk to a professional, get their advice, who lives this day in and day out. Now, on your website, I also came across something, which is the Body Reset Program. Now, it's I believe it was a five-day program. Now, if someone is listening in the audience, of course, go to all these websites, sign up, see what you can do. But what would be some of the big takeaways from this Body Reset Program? Yeah, so the big things that we go through, Body Reset Program is different from the five-day challenge, but that's the five-day series that we give away for free. Uh, and ultimately, that space is just going through a lot of the conversations we're having today, managing the central nervous system, understanding what are the foods that we need to uh, take into account or consider either removing or, or adding to allow us to really fuel our day and how putting all those steps together, right? Five days is not a lot of time, but if I can give you a, a couple of small takeaways to consider in your day-to-day life, uh, the big one in day one is we're looking at how the body slows down after 30, 40, right? What are the changes that happen? What are the adjustments we can do to really elevate our energy, our mood, and ultimately continue dropping body fat, building muscle, whatever that body composition space is? we need to be looking at the bigger picture. So looking at central nervous system, looking at those stresses is a big part of that conversation, right? Diving into the health anchors, understanding what are those food plan- those food adjustments you do- need to make that allow you to get more out of your day. We dive into movement. Obviously, that was a huge background of mine, understanding what we look like in regards to, again, this quality and quantity conversation. How can we start contracting muscles so that they're not banging up joints? How can we make sure we can set up a simple morning routine to get more out of our body, whether we're a runner, whether we're in the gym, whatever else, just making sure we feel structurally strong. And I think an important part of that as well is the challenge is not about motivation, right? It's about finding that intrinsic drive that's gonna last long-term. And that's a big part we focus on throughout that challenge is to make sure these are simple steps that you can add into your day. So your own, your own experimentation, you're your own, uh, building block of understanding what is your next step and identifying your next anchor that we can help you move forward from there. Mm-hmm. And thank you for putting that for free. So anyone who's listening, go to Oli's website. I'll link it in the show notes and you can experience all of that and see what your health anchors are. Now, also, one of the things that you keep coming back to is gut health and hormones. Now, Talk to us about why gut gut health and hormones. If and people who are, if you're living under a rock, you might have not heard this before. But like for those people, we just want to tell them again that why is gut health so important and why are hormones so important? Why are they the most underlooked things? Especially even even professionals. So many professionals, when I speak to them, they have no idea about what's going on in their gut and especially what's going on with their hormones. So clear that out for us. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so the gut health is a big part of what we look like because it's a bigger conversation of what's really going on, right? Gut health is not just what you eat. It's that component of those three stresses and taking into account what is inflammatory to our body. So knowing that our gut is literally our second brain, if not our first, <laughs> in regards to how we function, how we feel across the day, it's you know majority of our serotonin production. It's majority of our, uh, our components of how we feel there. And through what we eat is a big part of that, right? How we feel is literally going to change whether we feel happy or whether we start to feel depressed. If we notice our recovery is not where it needs to be, if we're not absorbing our foods, it's no longer what we eat, it's what we absorb, right? So if we're not taking into account what's happening with our gut, we're no longer getting the nutrients or the value out of the food that we're currently eating. So it just comes back to the same conversation of if we're not, if we're putting in the effort with eating great foods or trying to train really well and you're not seeing a response there, our gut health becomes a really, really nice place to start to really often look at the bigger picture of health because it's no longer just foods, it's stresses, it's sleep, it's taking into account this inflammatory stress on the body because we know that's compounding over time. If we're not taking into account uh, the dairy sensitivity that continues to cause issues, right? This is continuing to damage our gut lining. If we're mm -hmm. continuing to take a medication that uh, is for acid reflux or, or whatever it might be when uh, a lot of the time uh, we're, we're seeing that this is actually a uh, rather than too much acid reflux, it's usually not enough, right? Because we're uh, taking all these random foods, we're, we're taking foods that are inflammatory to our system, and we're no longer fuel, um, actually able to break down the foods we're eating, right? Because we're having water or beer with our foods, we're not even chewing on the way down, and it's really dis disrupting that balance in our microbiome. So taking into account what that looks like with a a a looking after your gut and understanding it's telling you all the singles you need in regards mm -hmm. to the food that you feel best on, it becomes your biggest coach, right? I'm not going to tell you what food be feels best for you. I'm going to allow you to simplify where to start and you're going to tell me what you feel best on, right? And it's building that platform through what our, what those signals really are to our body and what the systemic effects are on the rest of our body through simply making those tweaks and starting there. Now, hormones is obviously a massive picture, but majority of the time that's not you changing them directly and that's why looking at the conversation of gut health allows us to look at the toxicity levels we start to look at the liver stress and you know lack of excess uh, estrogen clearance or whatever it might be it comes back down to the body as a whole and how that system is really functioning and, and firing and then those hormones are going to have a significant impact on that, right? Because we know thyroid function comes down to stress and nutrient deficiencies a lot of time. Where's that going to come from, right? A lack of diversity in, in foods, a lack of high quality foods really being absorbed by the system. If we're looking at testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, we need to take into account the stresses. We need to take into account that overall function of the gut because it's going to have a direct impact on how those are worked. If we're stressed out, our body's literally going to produce cortisol instead of sex hormones, right? So taking into account that space of stress is really helpful. But for us, we break that down into three categories, what's physical, what's psychological, and what's digestive. So gut's going to be a pretty huge part of that. Yeah, I like what you I like what your definition of it. And I also support the same idea that it's a holistic picture at the end of the day. Your nutrition, your sleep, your recovery, your lifestyle, your mindset, your you know, movement, your exercise, all of these things are different pillars. And once you have one pillar missing, yeah, it's not like, you know, you're gonna come crashing down, but the foundation isn't gonna be that strong. And throughout, as you move through life and you move and add more stresses on, and we know that, you know, like we mentioned in the beginning of the show, your boss giving you deadlines can be a stressor, getting stuck in traffic can be a stressor, not getting that vacation could be a stressor. You just put on more load and eventually you come crashing down. So 
when it comes to gut health, when it comes to hormones, when it comes to all of these things, they're all interconnected. And thinking that you might be able to sort of keep one aside and then focus on the others, it doesn't really work that way. It, it, might, be, it might be better than not focusing on anything at all. But at the end of the day, if you want to function optimally, if you want to be the best version of yourself, then you need to take into consideration all of these things. Now, yeah, taking into account that better version of yourself is definitely the one we're looking at because for a lot of people, they're like, yeah, I haven't crashed. I'm, I'm still functioning. It's all good. And I think a lot of people are kidding themselves with that statement because it's showing up as your best that's missing, right? You think you're functioning as an eight out of 10, but really you're at a three. And until we make those changes, until you really find out what that platform and all the, the uh, stresses that are getting in the way of how you function, you don't realize you're a three, right? So if you're mm -hmm. listening to this and you're kind of feeling like you're getting to a space where, no, oh, yeah, I haven't crashed yet. I'm kind of functioning on five hours. I'm getting it done anyway, but that sounds helpful. Take a time to tune in because this big conversation is around all of those stimulus through the day. Like you were saying, CJ, with you know the movies, the the cinemas, the uh, the phones, all of the stimulus that we have in our day are completely uh, numbing us to what those true signals are through the day. And if we can take the time to tune back into those simple spaces, we can start to really ultimately bring bring back that level of function of, of um, performance that, that we've had missing. And it's not through the new pill. It's not through the, the sixth coffee. It's through you tuning back into how you function and how you're setting up your day properly. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, when some, some of the people who are injured, when they're really young and they have some kind of like a pain or, you know, numbness, you don't realize, you, you sort of feel like life is that way. Only mm -hmm. when you get treated and like the pain goes away and you're like, oh, man. I didn't know I could feel so better. And that's yeah. exactly what everyone's feeling right now. So you looked at all of these things, Oli, and you came up with the Meta Project. Now, tell us what is the Meta Project exactly? Yeah, uh, for me, it's, it's a combination of, of all the stuff we've been talking about and ultimately building it into a, a structure and a system that allows us to ultimately build your body back up. What Identify your health anchors, understand you at a much deeper level. We're looking at, uh, you know, symptom level quizzes, understanding what's coming through there. We're looking at our blood work and under understanding what's correlating and to really build up a, a platform of what's going on with you. And this is much bigger than myself, right? We've got mindset coaches on board that are incredibly intuitive with so many different areas they've worked with in the past. We've got clinical nutritionists. We've got our exercise specialists. We've got the whole process laid out because we want to make sure that we're looking at the full picture. As we started today's conversation, it's not just looking at optimizing training. It's not just at optimizing nutrition, right? It's taking into account how do those uh, build together? How do we take into account uh, finding how to get your body back up and all, uh, firing on all cylinders? And ultimately, that system allows us to take you through those four R's. So for us, that reset, simplifying where to start, building out a bit of a platform of how do we simplify fitting you back in your day? R2, that allows us to go deep into that re repair component, building back up liver function, building back up any deeper health anchors we're finding in your blood work. Then we can start to really dive into that gut health protocol. Now that we have a plant platform and really go from there. If we can do that alongside building you through a periodized training plan and make sure that whether you're from home, you're in the gym, you've got injuries, there's imbalances we need to work with. If we can tie that together, we're starting to really manage stress with any of those pro uh, properties of good stress, bad stress, right? Your training, nutrition, uh, you know, the, the digestive component, we want to walk you through that whole process. So meta being the, the, the high level of self-awareness, taking into account all of the components of health, it just allows us to put it in one place and make sure that we're really looking at you at a high level performance that actually fits into your life. 
That's brilliant. I love the fact that you have all of these other people on board who can who are specialized in all of these different aspects. So, you know, a person can come in and they don't have to, you know, go to some other person like a clinical nutritionist or a dietitian or someone else like a personal trainer. You have everything available under one roof. Kudos to you on that. That's amazing. Now, walk me through a typical day in your life. Like how, what happens in a day of Hollywood's life so we can steal some of your practices and like incorporate it in our own life? Like what do you do when you wake up? Do you, is it the first thing you go for a walk to get that natural sunlight? Uh, you know, what's your, do you fast? Do you exercise once a day, twice a day? What's your, what's your day look like? Yeah. Um, for a lot of people, uh, like we've been talking, I think that would be listening to a call like this is the middle of the day can be very uh, blurred. There's a lot of things going on. So that's why that morning is so essential. And that's why we focus on it with all of our clients. So morning for me uh, is wake up. We're straight into a, a 10, 10, 15 minute meditation. Um, usually I'm trying to do that in front of the you know outside or at least in front of a window. So I'm getting that light exposure there. And then I'm straight into a workout. I do a gym workout in the morning. I, do, I rotated those around in regards to walk or gym. I just, for me personally, I always like the more intense exercise in the morning. So I have my resistance training, usually 45 minutes in the morning, back into morning meetings and building up my day there. I always make sure my creative space, my pr most productive stuff is in the morning of the day or uh, well, the first half. And then we dive into more uh team calls, one-on-one -on -one calls, um, meetings and stuff in the afternoon. But I've always got my afternoon anchor somewhere around 2 p.m. where I always go for a 45-minute walk, listen to a podcast, do a video, whatever it might be, as my afternoon structure. And then as the, as the night gets on, uh, it's more finishing off those, those little to-dos or whatever it is from there. But for me, the biggest part of my structure and the two things that I've got blocked into my day is my morning workout and my afternoon walk. And that just becomes my little pattern interrupt. doesn't matter how much else is going on. I'm trying to make sure that I can check in with myself. I know where my breathing's at. I'm still getting some sun exposure. I'm moving, all right? And I've got those two anchors to really make sure I'm checking with me. So the rest, you know, we, we've got 250 clients on board. We've got a whole bunch of team members. We've got all sorts of projects running all over the show. Uh, as I'm sure your, your, you know, your, your uh, listeners have is all the things going on, but it's ultimately just finding a way to add, add those anchors into your day. So if there's any value from my routine, it's ultimately making sure that how you start your day, how you nail those first 20 minutes will set up the rest of your day pretty quick. Uh, and you've got to protect that time like it's a job. Mm -hmm. So put that in, in the calendar and make it a non-negotiable, everyone who's listening. Yep. Thank you, Oli, for sharing that. Now, we've, you know, I could, you know, two podcasters, we could go on talking for hours and hours. But for the interest of this show, um, we're coming to the end of the show now. And my last question to you would be, if you had a time machine and you could go back in time and you could give yourself maybe one, two, three, whatever pieces of advice. Now, this doesn't have to be about diet and exercise or about how you could improve your coaching business, but about anything in life. If you could go back to your younger self, what would you tell yourself? I think for me, I it was what I've um, done is taking the time to make sure I know I don't know everything and it, that's completely okay. So for me, I've invested heavily into the coaches the whole way along the way because I knew that I didn't have that silver bullet. I didn't have that ability to go back in time. So I think for me, uh, potentially asking for help earlier or not stressing out about an investment I needed to make in myself because what I, I, I make those decisions in seconds now because I know that my biggest 
value in my life is my ability to build my internal skill sets. And I don't think I did it quick enough. Um, you know, I've spent hundreds of thousands at this point on coaches and in, in, in health and fitness and nutrition and business, whatever it might be. Uh, and I think that's only increased over time as I've seen more and more value come through, not necessarily the tangibles of today, but ultimately how my thought process changes over time. And I think I could have done that earlier. Um, there was a, you know, there was a lot of things that have accelerated through my life through coaching. And I think ultimately my ability to learn those things quicker, uh, I wouldn't have known them without going through them, but it certainly didn't have to be my own mistakes. Uh, and going through that process of learning from people and finding the right people uh, was a really big part that I think I simply should have done earlier. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that, Ollie. And uh, this would be probably one of the things I would tell myself as well, that I always thought I could figure it out by myself. I could, you know, take the time and why do I have to hire someone or pay someone? But at the end of the day, when you're stuck or when you're confused or when you think you know it all, raising your hand and you would be anyone who's listening to the show, you would be surprised on how many people would because most of the times when I speak to people, they're like, oh, that person is not going to help me and I won't have any help and I have to do it by myself. But you'd be surprised once you raise your hand, how many people turn up in your community. It doesn't even have to be a professional. Just in your community, how many people would turn up to sort of like come in and help you because they haven't had the help when they started. So that's a brilliant thing. Anyone who's listening, if you're confused, if you're stressed out, whatever, raise your hand. Someone's going to be there. They're going to help you out. And, you know, that's how we nourish as a community. Now, I think it comes well, down to your own personality as well, CJ. Just one thing, sorry, there, yeah. um, was to make sure that we're looking at the difference between good and great, right? And I think most people are happy with good, right? And, and if that's you, then cool. But, like, I was never happy with good. So for us to go from good to great is a pretty massive pattern interrupt because like we're talking about with day-to-day uh, you know, -day health and performance, there's a big gap between what that goal is. And if you ultimately want to get more out of your body, you want to go from your 5 out of 10, you actually want to break through to a 7, 8, 9, or even start tickling on the 10, is we need to make sure that we're looking at things that not everybody's doing in your community. And we know the five people around us, but if you want to be in the bigger rooms, you need to, be, you need to pay to play. And you need to be in that space that allows you to challenge those, those beliefs. Uh, I've had five or six times over the last two years where I've put myself into a room that I felt very uncomfortable with and I got very, very good at something very, very quick because of it. Uh, and I think if you're you're looking at something as a good decision because it feels good, that might not be always, always the right reason. If it feels uncomfortable and it forces you to grow, grow that's where your ability to, get, to step up is. And I think that's a big part of that investing in you. It doesn't always have to be monetary, but it does certainly need to be through energy, whether that be through time or money. And I think it's just a case of creating that space to ask yourself, what do you really want? Are you happy to stick in your comforts? Are you happy to really step things up and get more out of every day? Very well said. Yeah, a lot of part of getting better at something is like the initial discomfort. So completely agree on that. Now, if someone wants yep. to get in touch with you, they want to find you, what's the best way to do that? Where do you reply the fastest? Is it your Instagram? Is it uh, your website? Tell us, how do people yeah, find you? Um, if you want yeah, if you want to talk to me directly, uh, Instagram is probably going to be quickest place. Uh, we, we post up a fair amount on there and I spend far too much time putting posts up. Um, <laughs> and then the other part, just in regards to getting some value from us, understanding a little bit more. Uh, as CJ mentioned, we, we spend a fair amount of time on, our, on the Health Angus Quiz and the five-day challenge to make sure we're really just giving you as much insight for free as you can uh, to implement into your own day. And if you want to dive a little deeper, I'm more than happy to have that conversation. Uh, hopefully today was valuable for you too. Amazing. So you're going to see on my stories a link to Ollie's Instagram, on the show notes, you're going to have 
the website name. And Oli, I am grateful for you to being on this show. I had a good time talking to you. I, I'm sure we spent very good time touching on topics and this would be a very valuable podcast for a lot of people who are listening. I appreciate all the work you're doing, man, and take care of yourself. Thanks for being on. Great questions. Thanks for the the podcast. Thank you. And everyone who's listening, this is me, CJ, signing off from Shift with CJ podcast. Everyone have an energetic day, a week, a month, a lifetime ahead of you. Take care, everyone. Your time and presence with us through this podcast is highly appreciated. If you want to learn more, then head over to our website, www.shiftwithcj.com.